Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. I'm Chris. And this week, we're going to be looking at commitment in Star Wars. Yes. So to start us off, let's talk about something that we wish we were more committed to. Hmm. Okay. Well... Yeah, I think for me, the, the big one is is I wish that when I was living in Japan, I'd been more committed to learning Japanese. Um, I think that I had figured pretty early on I was only going to be there for one year, and that within one year I would not have been able to really gain the language in any kind of firm way. So I Because you were in love with me and you wanted to come back? Possibly. <laughs> Uh, so, so I didn't really, really try because I was like, it's going to take so much time and effort and I'm not even going to really use it. I'm only going to gain basic grammar anyway. Um, but by the time I left within that one year, my, my friends and colleagues who had really committed to that um, were able to, to really use that language in ways that I was really impressed by and really admired. And so that, that's something I think that I, I, I should have had more commitment to while I was there. I agree, you should have. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. So I think for me, I wish that I was more committed to some of the ideas that I have. Hmm. Because I have ideas of things that I would like to do or want to do or think could be helpful. But I don't usually put much into them. <laughs> or it's like I put a little in and then I realize how complicated or difficult or like these different things could be and so then it doesn't really pan out can you give me an example uh so like i've had ideas for some apps before Mm. and then i like got a book about that and i'm like this is so complicated it sounds (laughs) exhausting no (laughs) i've had idea about you know maybe starting a blog or something Mm. with with some of my writings and you know I don't do that either so (laughs) that type of thing and I don't know if part of it is just that I have the idea but I'm not super committed to it Mm -hmm. because it's like oh that's a nice idea but I'm not like all in to begin with or if it's I would do it if I had a little more faith that it would work if I tried, mm, you know? I yeah. don't know which it is, but... Interesting. Or both, probably. Mm. Yeah. Well, one thing that we're both committed to is talking about geeky stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and let's get into that. Okay. And you can start us off with our quote. I would give a preface, but it really doesn't need one. Try not. Do or do not. There is no try. Yes. We will give you one guess on who says that quote. (laughs) If you get it wrong, you are no longer allowed to listen to our (laughs) podcast. I mean, not really. You can learn. (laughs) So yeah, so this is obviously Yoda's most famous quote. And I think that it kind of speaks a lot to this idea of commitment with the Jedi of you're not committing to do your best. You're committing to do the action. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that says a lot about the Jedi and maybe a little bit about why the Jedi weren't always successful. Yeah, I think 
I think it's an interesting quote, and I think in probably a lot of circumstances, it's a good and fitting quote mm. because it's not really speaking about failure so much as the mindset going into something, I mm. think. And so it's saying, don't think that, oh, I'm just going to try to do this thing that I'm going to do it. But I think that can also undermine the importance of trying. And yeah, so you're not just thinking that you have to succeed for anything you did to have mattered. Hmm. You know? Totally. So, yeah. But I think a lot of people, it's like, they don't actually do the actions because they just... They're like, well, I'll try. You know, try can kind of be a cop-out Yeah, it, it makes it so you don't have to commit. Yeah, I'll try to stop by, mm-hmm. you know. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I believe you've prepared a character for us today. I have. What character is that? So I want to talk about Galen Erso okay. from Rogue One because I think that he is a super committed character because what we know about him is that he was really committed to, like, his passion for, like, scientific research. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he got to the top of his field. But also because of that, the Empire wanted to exploit his mind and knowledge for their terrible, you know, genocidal uh, means. Mm-hmm. So, or ends, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... But it was at that point, like, he was more committed to not being involved in weaponizing and further fueling violence and war to the point where he gave up his research and he went on this remote planet to just farm mm-hmm. <laughs> with his with his family. And for somebody whose, like, mind was that, enticed by research and learning and all of that like that is i think says a lot about his commitment Mm. to not escalating this this war that was going on and so then when they finally get him and you know kill his wife and all of that he has to go with them pretty much and or obviously be killed and he's like well someone else could make this and could could do it so i'm going to do it in a way that makes myself indispensable so that i can put a weakness Mm. in here and and again that commitment because obviously he could have been found out could have been killed tortured for it he didn't do anything to try to escape and um find his daughter or anything like he was committed to since the empire was making this weapon that could destroy planets that he would rather stay there and make it so that that could be undone yeah for certainly over a decade yeah 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 it definitely shows a whole lot of commitment in in you know his character and what he's going to do and i can't imagine what that's like you know he, he clearly is a very um idealistic person you know he he has he was willing to give up his whole life to live on a farm just mm-hmm. to stay with his family because he couldn't do these things. And so it must be very difficult for him to 
work every day within the empire without anyone to trust, without anyone to, yeah. to kind of go along with him or even to value what he's doing. That, that has to be very, very difficult. And yeah, it's got to take a ton of commitment. Yeah, because at that point, like, he's working with other people, probably a lot of which he despises, mm-hmm. right? And so it must be so lonely. And, you, you know, I'm sure he had guilt and this and that, but he was that committed. Yeah. So in, in those ways, I think that's really admirable. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is your plot point? My plot point is when Luke actually leaves Dagobah to uh, an mm-hmm. empire to go and rescue or to attempt to rescue his friends <laughs> at, in Cloud He City. did a really good job. He did so good. <laughs> um, and I, I, I chose this because I think that this is a really interesting example of when there are dueling commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that according to Yoda and to Obi-Wan, he is not fully committed to training as a Jedi, right? Yeah. It's too difficult for him. It's not coming as easy as it should, you know, whatever it might be. But he is not, he's not doing, he's trying, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't have that commitment to becoming. And is he, is he, is he even uh, <laughs> trying or is he just complaining? I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Um, so yeah, I think that, that, that does show some extent of his lack of commitment there, but I don't think that he's leaving just because, like, I I don't see it as an excuse to leave because it's not working for him. I feel Mm -hmm. like he does want, he is committed to completing his Jedi training. He just also has another commitment to his friends, you know, this loyalty, this commitment of being there for them when they need him. And, Mm -hmm. um... Especially, you know, feeling like they're they're calling to him through the Force. That that's, I think, it's hard not to have that commitment. And I think that that by the Jedi trying not to have commitments, um, you know, it shows why he'd be it'd be difficult for him to be a Jedi. Why it was difficult for Anakin to be a Jedi. You know, mm-hmm. not only because you know end of the at least the original trilogy things end fairly well, showing that like him not completing his his training the way Yoda wanted him to wasn't really necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that just the reworking of of what it means to be a Jedi is necessary because you using your skills to help those who you have those commitments to, I think is not something that Jedi should necessarily be backing away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think that, yeah, it, he was fully planning to return mm-hmm. and complete his training. So it's like, well, commitment to completing this right now or commitment to, like, not having my friends be tortured and killed. Mm-hmm. You'd think that, you'd hope that was kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. But obviously it didn't turn out that way, right? Mm-hmm. Because Yoda died he was super old uh, upon his return to Dagobah when he finally did and I think that that's part of it too is that I wonder if when we look at the new series mm-hmm. how that's involved like if Luke has any regrets about that considering that Kylo Ren turned mm-hmm. maybe he's like if I had had more training and like actually completed my training maybe I would have mm learned more or been a better jedi master mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know hmm. yeah it's interesting interesting well do you have a compelling question i do and my compelling question is actually about the jedi order oh yes 
What do you think about their commitment to not having romantic relationships? I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't like it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, it definitely something that, that has always chafed me. I've always thought it, it's a very, very, I don't know. It, it's something that, that even when I look at things like priesthoods uh, in our world that require chastity, it, it always mm-hmm. makes me feel like you are othering yourself um, in whatever you know, occupation of service you're putting yourself in, you are othering yourself from those that you're serving. And um, by by essentially distancing yourself by a rule, not by desire, but by like a code that you cannot do this thing that comes fairly naturally to most people, mm-hmm. right? And I, I don't, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I don't feel like that's healthy. I don't feel like it's healthy for people to cut themselves off from something that can be healthy and natural in that way just because they feel like they are different or superior or better or other or serving or other it might be, you know? Well, I mean, my only pushback there would be I don't think the tradition, at least in a religious context, in a Christian religious context, wouldn't be because you think that you're superior. It would be because you're supposed to be fully committed to God. And when you have another commitment for life that you're supposed to be committed to another person, and then if you have family or whatever happens with that, like you can't be putting your sole focus on on God and like being what what those people are in in whatever communities there are so i'm thinking of like monks mm-hmm. and the way that they served community or have obviously not always perfectly but sometimes really well and so i think part of it's that but again people i don't know i think it's more it's important to be able to have a choice mm-hmm. right because not everybody is well suited for that but the ones who can i mean more power to them that's pretty great because yeah like you have to put so much effort into romantic or like lifetime relationships that you have and that really does take time and energy away from giving to anyone who's not just this very small unit you know yeah and i absolutely agree and i think that that's where it comes in with the jedi order right yeah, because that's the thing is I think that that people choosing that people believing that they cannot serve um, this this you know in in this position if they have these other commitments and that's the choice that they want to make because they believe in this position. Totally, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I think that having a code or or a rule that makes it so that you are unable to serve in mm-hmm. this position if you have these other attachments, it just either causes people to not try to serve in that position mm-hmm. or it makes it so that they do serve in those, that position and some of them may end up doing this anyway in more disastrous results right mm-hmm. because they have no actual community other than these secret commitments in the way what anakin and padme do you know yeah. like he and obi-wan can't have a fully honest relationship and so he can't actually learn from obi-wan how to live a life where he has these dueling commitments you mm-hmm. know and and what's the wisest and best and most loving course of action in any particular place and those are hard questions to deal with and, and i get that it's it's some it might be simpler not to have the competing uh commitments but 
I don't think that that it's it's healthy to um, to make that a requirement, especially considering that it's not like people who are force sensitive get much choice in the matter. You know, they're raised mm-hmm. in the Jedi Temple from birth. That's just what they're they're. You know, I mean, I think their parents have to agree. Their parents do, but they don't. Yeah, you that's know? true. Um, and, and we don't see a lot of people who've left the Jedi Order. I guess Dooku mm-hmm. did, Ahsoka did, but that's about it. Um, so well, yeah, Anakin and, and Anakin, yeah, <laughs> and can kill the Jedi Order. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and and at least two of those didn't go very well. <laughs> well, and that's the thing for me. I just wish that. Sure, they could have the Jedi Order that has that commitment, but they should have another group too where they do similar things, Mm -hmm. they're Force-sensitive, they can train, they can even train with the Jedi, Mm -hmm. but they can choose that path if they want to, you know, have, have a romantic relationship. And I think that that would be a much healthier balance because then people... Yeah, they have that choice, and if they're committing to to not be any any romantic relationship, that's totally fine. But they they have another option too, you yeah. know, with with their skills, and if they really are passionate about trying to, you know, help the galaxy stay peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what is your compelling con- question for me? I was wondering what you think the Republic claims to be committed to huh that's a good question what are they <laughs> like what do they do to? like what what but yeah. why is there a republic what is that doing for those member planets or systems my guess would be some sort of order mm-hmm. and the ability to have trade negotiations and things like that right so i would think that it would have to do with economics and overall governance of what different systems are allowed or not allowed to do but we i don't know do we get much other than that just the, the, there's a galactic republic you know that, that, that's that's what existed um i think ostensibly I mean, they vote on things that happen right yeah because it's like i'm thinking of the un but the un has a very specific mission mm-hmm. statement and I don't know what theirs is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's, I think, it's more binding than the UN is, you know? It's more binding, but it's also, like, less good. because It's somehow more bureaucratic than the UN. <laughs> well, but, like, considering, like, upholding certain standards of human rights clearly aren't a part of it. Since mm-hmm. there's, like, oh... Slavery is perfectly fine on certain systems, and so it's like there isn't there there aren't certain things in in regard to social mm-hmm. uh, social justice or, or human rights. So yeah, then it would it all be economic and like other sorts of law. It, it, it seems like there's some element of also peace. The Republic allows peace yeah. to happen because then you can deal with things in the bureaucracy and in, on the debate floor as opposed to through warfare, right? Um, but I don't know how much that actually is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also I wonder what someone who is part of a system that's not part of the Republic would think. Yeah. Because... Does becoming a member of the Republic 
make you ostensibly part of a, um, a you know, a mutual defense pact. You know, where mm-hmm. if because if you go to war with a with a system in the republic, you're going to war with the republic. You yeah. Know? And so, is this a way of basically having mutual protection of saying you join us and we'll get your back? You know. But obviously, you have to abide by these terms, engage with our taxing regulations, mm-hmm. our economic regulations. And so it definitely sounds very economic. Yeah. But like you were talking about with human rights, the UN, in theory, uh, <laughs> believes that in human rights, despite whether a state has passed the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, right? Mm-hmm. If there are human rights abuses going on in a non-member um, state the Security Council has the authority to go and try to prevent that, right? To prevent, mm-hmm. Especially things like genocide. Yeah. Does the Senate operate in the same way if they believe in human rights? And so can they have military actions into non-Senate or non-Republic um, areas if mm-hmm. they feel like they are not abiding by ideas of, of human or sentient rights, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just like, join us, you get benefits, and then we're unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a cynical way to look at it, but everything didn't go great. It did not. (laughs) No. And, I mean, the fact that they were able to create the empire because of the fear of war, right? You're talking about order as Mm -hmm. a commitment. You know, the empire is the next step to order. And Mm -hmm. so if they're turning to the Republic for order and they feel like the Republic cannot provide that, then the Empire would be that that next step for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Oh, politics. Governance. Oh, oh, my poli-sci minor coming into play. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Well, do you have a... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you see my, like... Biblical studies. Biblical studies and theology, theology. background. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you think about this? <laughs> oh, we are ourselves. Yes. What about your, uh, your missed opportunity? Okay. So my missed opportunity is about the commitment to the rebellion or mm. like the leader, the resistance, because... Star Wars as a whole doesn't really show any requirements or like criteria that has to be met to join. And so to me, it's just a huge missed opportunity that (laughs) there aren't infiltrated Hmm. Empire First Order spies. Like this should be happening considering people can just show up and be like, I'll go on this mission. You know, like they don't require any commitment other than somebody seems like they care and want to give their life to it and to me that is very risky and I think especially since we've recently watched like The Handmaid's Tale Mm. and you know are watching The Man in the High Castle right now like seeing how much distrust there is with these oppressive regimes like distrust between people who are rebels Mm -hmm. and that that's how it should be right because there is a a oppressive like totalitarian regime and you're going against it you should probably question the people who just showed up absolutely yeah especially when they're smugglers 
<laughs> I mean, sort of. But yes. It, it's funny because in um, the recent Poe Dameron comic, um, which takes place before episode seven, mm. um, one of the fighters in Black Squadron uh, ends up being kind of a spy. Um, mm. Where he is, he reports back to the Empire because the Empire took his family. And so he does believe mm. in the Resistance. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, the First Order. He does believe in the Resistance, but he also has dueling uh, commitments. And so he ends up, you know, in some ways turning traitor against the Resistance for the First Order. Of course, he mm-hmm. ends up dying in a, a blaze of glory against the First Order. Uh, of course. Of course, because you have to get rid of the character somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, a very interesting kind of dynamic that kind of shows that idea of like, who are these people and why are they here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you just don't know. The, yeah. The, in the movies, it's just like, they show up, and then they, here's the gun, <laughs> we're going to send you on this special <laughs> mission. Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, funnily enough, my missed opportunity is almost the inverse of that. Okay. Because I think that I would have loved to see more of Darth Vader's commitment to the Empire in mm-hmm. the original trilogy. Hmm. Especially without the prequel trilogy, you don't really understand why he is committed to the Emperor and to the Empire, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like it's just he wants power. And I guess he fears the Emperor because he definitely wants to topple the Emperor. We learned this in Empire Strikes Back, Mm -hmm. that he wants to rule the galaxy with Luke. But why does he want to rule the galaxy? What is that commitment to this structure for? Is it because he, you know, um, and and I guess we find out in the prequels that it's because the Jedi were not letting him have a wife and then they were going to kill the emperor who maybe was going to heal that wife like even then i feel like there's not a I firm idea i mean i think idea. he was frustrated with also the bureaucracy for sure so i think he didn't think that the republic was efficient or doing things well mm-hmm. he didn't think that the jedi were doing things well but does he think that the Empire is doing things well? Like, I mean, yeah, his idea of basically, like, they should do it or we should make them, like, shows yeah. that he just wants this total control, I guess, this power. Yeah. But I just think that Vader as a character, outside mm-hmm. of Anakin, doesn't have enough of that. I agree. And especially for Vader being one of the best villains of all time, mm-hmm. it's weird that we don't get any of that. Yeah. Well, it's the interesting thing. It's like... At the end of the day, it just kind of seems like he has commitment to himself. Hmm. Like, I want this thing for me, so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that. Mm-hmm. Because we don't see him have any attachments besides that he does to Luke. Like, right. once he becomes Vader, he's not attached to the Emperor. Mm-mm. He doesn't seem to be attached to Tarkin. Mm-mm. Like, who who is he attached to, you know? Yeah, you're, you're right. So, yeah, so... And, yeah, I would say maybe his ideas, but we don't really know what those are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. I mean, back in the day, they didn't have as complex villains as they do now. That's true. But still, they should have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about a takeaway from this discussion? That if I really want to rule the world, I just 
gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna try. Just I'm just do going it. to do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why aren't you committed enough to ruling the world? I know. I mean, it's just it's on the list, <laughs> but it's kind of a sad takeaway. <laughs> but I think my takeaway is that I just feel like the Star Wars universe hasn't been thought out well enough like at each stage mm. of the, the movies that they were doing yeah <laughs> because people have added different writings or different things after to explain certain things but they should really put some of that in there mm. and obviously the original movies are great but yeah there's just some things i think that are maybe too convenient or not nuanced enough but obviously i still enjoy star wars oh of course they're amazing (laughs) (laughs) well but that's the kind of funny thing to me is that i would think that maybe they would put that in now Mm -hmm. because we're in 2018 but they still haven't i mean they've definitely put more nuance sometimes in in terms of villains sometimes Mm -hmm. i think kylo ren kylo ren has nuance not really any of the other Mm-mm. villains so yeah i don't know i think i think they still struggle with that a bit and i don't know that it'll get better now that disney has them <laughs> because disney isn't always the best with that either mm. yeah. but yeah they, they want to entertain people and children don't really care about the geopolitics <laughs> or galactic politics <laughs> <laughs> but i do yeah, and, but you also like a lot of the things the kids like. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what's your takeaway? My takeaway is that I think the next time I watch through, I'll probably relate a lot more with some of the characters who have those competing con- uh, commitments. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, I sometimes have a problem with competing <laughs> commitments where... Um, being intentional and prioritizing what um, what I, I, I in intellectually think is right or best is difficult when I feel like my heart is pulling me in another direction. Mm-hmm. And having multiple commitments that are pulling me in different ways can be very, very difficult for me. And so I think I'd, I'd be interested in rewatching Empire Strikes Back with that in mind mm-hmm. um, and seeing kind of how Luke engages with that in good ways and ways I can relate to and in bad ways that I can relate to. So Yeah, actually when I was a kid and I watched it, I was always so annoyed with Luke, like, why did you leave? <laughs> you should not have left. <laughs> Clearly this is a trap. And now I actually sympathize with them a lot more, which is funny. That's so funny. No, I've always sympathize with luke oh I, i'm sure you i've have. never been like yeah he should you should stay luke i was always <laughs> like his friends are in danger you can't not go <laughs> like that's totally me oh of course it is yeah <laughs> at times to my detriment <laughs> yes <laughs> yes okay well why don't you let us know what we'll be looking at next week so next week we are going to be back on harry potter yay yay so let's find our topic. Fear. Fear and Harry Potter. Oh, there's so much. <laughs> there's yeah. all the things. Yeah. There's every book. We'll somehow have to fit the, the whole series into one episode. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. 
You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines, or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. Her designs are wonderful, and I, and I highly suggest you check them out. With that, we'll see you next week. Geek, Geek out! out.